0: But I've seen tracks who hit half million plays or million plays just from um, exposure on the other editorial or algorithmic playlists like Release Radar, what you said, and Discover Weekly, and also Spotify Radio. So these are all really important part of the ecosystem. Is not just landing on on Rap Caviar, as you said. Hi guys, welcome to the Fox Tales, uh, to the first episode of the Fox Tales, which is our brand new podcast created and run by the people behind Stereo Fox. My name is Ivo, and I'm joined by Nasco. Hey guys, um, that's the first episode. It's really unscripted, but I hope it's going to be as fun as I think it's going to be. And uh, today we are going to talk about the ecosystem of Spotify playlists, pitching, and why artists should do that, and in the second episode that we've planned, we're actually going to deep dive into the whole process of pitching and what an artist should consider when doing that. Um, Hi, Nasco. Hey.
1: (laughs) Um, So I I guess uh, first we should kind of explain what Spotify playlists are. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure people who are in the music industry, artists, or anyone who's listening to music, is Pretty much familiar with the Spotify playlists, but um, there are a, a few different kinds that I think we should uh, briefly explain because it's they're they're pretty interesting, they're pretty peculiar. So yeah,
0: yeah. So uh, the reason why we actually so it was supposed to be one long episode and we we're gonna split it in two parts is because when we're discussing um, about the pitching topic, uh, we realized that it's important to actually understand why playlists exist, what they bring on the table for both artists and Spotify. and uh, How do they actually work and their evolution from 2013, when they actually first appear on Spotify until today, um, in order to actually understand why it's important to do that. Um, but yeah, as I said, basically the, the idea of playlist is not new. It's not new to Spotify. Essentially it's a, it's a I read a really interesting article. Which was comparing playlists as a as a container, as a physical container of tracks and a vessel to, to kind of transport and label and explain, um, music. Uh, yeah. So uh,
1: one thing to mention, actually, we're not gonna talk about uh, uh, listeners' playlists. We're actually gonna talk about the Spotify playlists uh, that the platform generated. Uh, you know, everyone, uh, every every user on the on the uh, Spotify platform can create their playlist, and they're actually a uh, uh, very big chunk of the playlists on the on the platform but we're not gonna talk about these uh it's a totally different topic we're gonna talk about the the playlists that actually are generated by Spotify um the algorithm the AI behind the the whole machine and uh, actually the human curation behind it
0: yeah so you c- you can split I guess playlists in two uh, one of them are the editorial playlists um and the other one is the so-called algorithmic playlists Um, Those are like Discover Weekly, Release Radar, the new ones, which popped up a few months ago, I think, Daily Mix. And then you have On Repeat and Repeat Rewind. Basically, these are generated by a machine learning algorithm powered by the data Spotify selects every day. And then the other part is editorials, which are handpicked, slash data-driven and curated by um, people or human, the editors at Spotify. Uh, which still use the data uh, on the, from the system and then those editorials can be actually manually cu- curated and they can be sort of uh, personalized, which means they differ. So I can see one editorial playlist with different content than you, even though it's the same the same place. So those are the playlists we're going to focus on today.
1: Yeah, basically uh, think about it as you provide a lot of data to Spotify and uh, they, learn, uh, what you like. uh, they learn what you like, they learn what you want to listen to, genre-wise, uh, in terms of instruments, etc. I mean, it's a whole different topic that we're going to touch today. Um, so, yeah, basically, mm, Lo-Fi Beats, one of the most uh, prominent and famous uh, beat, um, uh, one of the most famous and uh, prominent uh, beat playlists uh, out there, is actually personalized and it's uh, about 4 million uh, followers at the moment. So yeah, it, it appears differently to different users in terms of what kind of uh, music they listen to and uh, which artists.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I was going to take, again, a step back uh, about the playlists and why why they are so important, not only for the user, for the listener and for us and for Spotify. So as I said, they, they actually... The idea of uh, the playlist itself is a feature on, on the platform. Um, it's not a feature that's unique to Spotify. So, Apple Deezer and Tidal also have these sort of editorials. But the um, feature actually came to be in 2013. Uh, as far as I remember, I was actually listening to a presentation a few years back. Uh, and that happened because of a company called, um, what was the name? Tunigo. So, Tunigo was actually, I think, a Swedish company that was generating thousands of playlists and sharing them with the people on Spotify, when the team realized that these kind of co- this kind of content content is very uh, engaging and people were actually listening to these kind of playlists, Spotify acquired the platform and then the whole journey um, began. A lot has changed since 2013, uh, but uh, why they are important is because if you think about it, uh, Spotify is not just a, a facilitator for you to listen to to music but it's also, in a way, a, like a curator slash music block. So it is it is a sort of a gatekeeper and a guide um, for users to listen to music. And especially like 10 years ago when music blocks power, so to say, was kind of declining or was not as important as, as it was used to be. Um, having this kind of activity or most selected playlists was actually helping artists have better experience on, on the platform.
1: Yeah, and not, not only this, but uh, you know how important it became uh, for um, users to find music. Uh, and it's very much the reason Spotify does this. Basically, it gives you, uh, a whole, as you said, a whole experience uh, for the user um, that you just click play and you don't need to actively browse for new music because it can be exhausting. It can be uh, very difficult uh, to navigate through. So you... I, I remember back in uh, like 2014, I was actually uh, struggling to find new music, which was crazy. You now in the era of internet, but things get pretty hectic and chaotic. So Spotify uh, editorials are one good way to actually um, just um, discover new things that are uh, that have something in common. So maybe here's a good uh, good way, a good place to mention that um, there there are different ways, uh, different types of uh, Spotify editorials. One of which is uh, uh, they are some of some of them are mood based, uh, some of them are occasion based. So, for example, when you cook, for yeah, example, dinner with friends, th- yeah, or like coffee jazz table. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and some of them are just like the creme de la creme of a genre. So, basically, the best of R and B, the best of uh, hip hop, rap caviar is uh, like one of the most famous, yeah, the biggest uh, playlists. So, uh, they are they their main goal is to. Uh, to give you a better experience while listening to music?
0: I've read actually on a few occasions, especially on Reddit, that people are making their decision uh, when it comes to which DSP to use, whether to pay Apple Music or Deezer or Spotify subscription, based on how good their editorial playlists are. Just because it actually saves you so much time and makes it easy to find new music. Because ultimately, I assume it's different for us, but most people don't have time to find new music. Yeah, I was going to say that we have a different approach and we're actually curious
1: about it, but a lot of people are, are like, I just want to hit play and you don't, know, don't, don't, don't bother me after that. And, um, like part of what we're trying to do with our playlists as as a blog is to create similar experience, but obviously we have a lot less data, a lot less, uh, manpower, et cetera. But, uh, essentially this is, this is why uh, this is how the ecosystem uh, became for streaming music.
0: Yeah. Um, I was doing some research, obviously, when we were doing the episode, and I found a quote from Spotify's head of music strategy for Forbes, I think it was from last year, and he actually said that 30% of all the plays on Spotify are happening on an editorial playlist. And then I was starting to think, um, I'm coming from, since it's the first episode, and maybe not many people know my background, I'm coming from a more technical and marketing background, and what's actually happening now in the industry is that it's very difficult for platforms like Facebook, Instagram to continue advertising and tracking people across the board. And I think Spotify have done really well with, in the sense of curating thousands of mood and activity playlists, because um, advertisers can actually target specific playlists and the people who listen to them and uh, and advertise their product. I was thinking like, if you're, for example, selling a workout equipment you can place an audio ad on. A, I listen to electronic run quite a lot, and there is also um, yoga meditation. And that's a per. That, in this case, you don't need to track the user. You just assume that okay, if I listen to electronic run, probably I'm running or doing some sort of workout. They have also beast mode for the gym, and and this whole thing is additional reason for why Spotify cares and puts so much, I would say, really good work into um, creating the editorial playlists, and that's why they are so important. Beyond increasing your streams, which we're gonna talk about a bit later.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah. Basically, you can you can uh, look at this uh, from two different perspectives, or even more. But like one is the user uh, as a listener, and the other one is an artist. So yeah, basically, on the second episode, we're gonna uh, touch base more on how an artist can utilize this and what are the important things you can do uh, in order to uh, get more uh, visibility there, more streams, uh, etc. But yeah, basically, um, uh, the Spotify pitching that we're gonna talk about second, uh, the second uh, on the second episode, is uh, very, also very important uh, for the Release Raider, which is one of the uh, most, uh, I guess, um, the one of the most famous algorithmic uh, Spotify playlists, uh, where your followers actually get your new music um, the moment it gets out, like the or the same week.
0: Yeah, um, so. We kind of missed that in the beginning, but besides a blog, we are also label, and that's one of the reasons we are we're doing this podcast because it's a sort of a documentation of what we've learned for the past two years as a label and eight years as a as a curator, so to say. Um, and, I, and I think we can both can say that yes, we we actually have done pretty well. I think on the editorial space, or at least I'm happy that we get some some traction. But I've seen tracks who hit half million plays or a million plays just from um exposure on the other editorial or algorithmic playlist like release Radar, what you said and discover weekly and also spotify radio so these are all really important part of the ecosystem is not just landing on on rap caviar as you said so that i
1: mean sometimes sometimes you you do get a lot more plays, uh, from algorithmic, um, uh, playlists rather than just editorials or, or, or listener playlists.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I have seen actually people placed editorials who get it just a few thousands of plays and, and the opposite I've seen people who we have, we have a track that has a million plays from editorial, so it's very, very different. But at the end of the day, you have to try and do your best. And I always, always think like every track is a learning experience. So, hey, maybe something doesn't work out, but at least you learn, you've you learned something new and you've tried, um, which I guess is a good segue of to the topic of why it's important to pitch. Um, the first, well, obviously the first reason is, is the, it is, I think, the only way to to actually land an editorial playlist, not the algorithmic one, just the actual editorials. The yeah. Se- no, no,
1: I, I was going to say that um, it's, it's basically, I mean, I'm pretty sure there are exceptions uh, to this, and I'm pretty sure Spotify editors are uh, actively looking for new music. But basically, this is literally the only way for an artist to get into there. I mean, except for if you're Rihanna. I'm not yeah, sure if you're Rihanna a big label is, uh, and there is <laughs> pitching.
0: I assume there is a different way of pitching for big labels, but for independent artists or up and coming, I think that's <laughs> this is the yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, second thing is. I'm here. I cannot, I couldn't find a definite answer, but I definitely, but I think it highly increases your chances of ending on the algorithmic playlist. So I don't think you have to pitch to end up on re- on release radar, but mm. it definitely increases. You have to,
1: uh, okay. So yeah, I, basically. I don't know. We both did our researches, but uh, basically a lot of people state that, and also on Spotify, on Spotify is uh, how to, uh, um, it, it actually says that this is the only way you get into release mm-hmm. radar uh, if you pitch uh, at least a week before your release, so you get into your followers' mm-hmm. uh, release radar.
0: But so this is what I mean. So if you if you don't what what I think is happening is if you don't pitch on uh, Spotify for artists, you you are gonna end up probably on the release radar of your followers. But I don't think you have a chance to end up on the release 404 for for p- because the release radar is comprised of. Um, artists that people follow, artists that people have listened to, and the third one is artists that, that Spotify thinks yeah. that people might like. And I think you can't end up in that category if you haven't submitted your track or tagged it.
1: Yeah, I, I would definitely say pitch it. <laughs> pitch it, yeah, if you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like don't don't rely on those odds. But yeah, obviously, I mean, we're not in Spotify's head, so we, we cannot know for sure, but uh, definitely... Uh, Getting into their um, system or database or h- however you want to call it
0: is yeah, is even, important. Even being in there, like in the spot, like like maybe you're gonna try and pitch like ten tracks, and then the eleventh one's gonna work out. I think it's the best way to to stay in editor's radar and just to get your name maybe pop in someone's head next time you submit. So you never know. Of course, it really depends on release strategy, which is something we're definitely gonna do an episode in the future. Uh, and how to split between singles and full album releases and EPs because sometimes obviously if you drop 10 tracks at once, uh, you can just pitch one. Okay, now that we covered the, the kind of big picture of why playlists exist, the, the pros and cons for both listeners and and, and the platform itself, um, we can focus a bit more on the actual editorials. Uh, I think currently there should be around three or 4,000 editorials. And as, as we mentioned, they are grouped based on a, on a mood, on activity, and on a genre. Um, I personally love After Hours, which is more dark, progressive house electronica. Uh, we listen to a lot of the lo-fi beats, jazz vibes, uh, but basically there is there is playlist for everything. Um, a lot of them are even like, we have this placement on Raga Lounge, which was a uh, released we had with Handbook last year where he sampled Bollywood movies. And this whole playlist is about that. There's tons of cooking playlists. There is the perfect pasta playlist. So there is, as you said, there is a playlist for pretty much everyone. And um, it is the driving force, I think, behind Music Discovery, at least for for Spotify listeners. And the editorials themselves, as we kind of mentioned in the beginning, can be, um, Let's call them manually curated, which is basically an editor selects um, the tracks for the the playlist and and that's that. And then there's the uh, personalized slash algorithmic one. And what it basically means is a sec part of the playlist, like let's say for the sake of the discussion, 20% of the playlists are actually dynamic tracks. So I think how it works is editors select, let's say 200 tracks and the playlist is 100 and based on your taste and my taste some of them are swapped um so that is a sort of like a mix between yeah ai generated and uh, and uh, human curation one of the things we forgot to mention that uh, personalized
1: plays are relatively new and uh, i'm very curious what's going to happen um, in the near future and how they're going to utilize uh this personalized feature because obviously you know everything nowadays is uh targeted to the person, person's, uh, interests, um, not like to a whole group of people, but to you as, as a individual. So yeah, that's going to be pretty interesting. I'm, I'm also listening to a bunch of personalized and we've both seen, like we've compared to each other's, uh, playlists and they're actually like are songs that obviously, uh, have, uh, they they end up on a different position or etc. or they vary. So yeah that's I, I mean, I think this is obviously the future and I'm, I'm very curious uh, how how things are gonna evolve.
0: Yeah, um, a lot of difference in in editorials is I think obviously size and update frequency is something that we see a lot. Uh, there's playlists that are updated weekly. some are actually kind of stuck for a while. like you see like la uh, last update was in 2020 or 2019. so it it, it really varies. Um, I would highly advise, especially if you're thinking about pitching and especially for the first time to kind of research the ecosystem and see what's out there and what might fit, um, to better understand the space.
1: Yeah. Uh, something, something that also, uh, is relatively new is, uh, their, uh, fresh music, uh, chunk of playlists, uh, that is like the new finds fresh new finds, um, we ended we ended up on uh, uh three actually with our our Zigo uh playlist uh three of playlists one was friday crate diggers the other one was a fresh uh fresh new finds and the other one was a fresh new finds basement uh so they're they are very different uh and they're i mean they're they are they have the same logic on uh, that it's uh basically new music that's a bit more underground and it's specifically targeted for for people who would like to um kind of uh, get ahead of uh, the trends and actually find something super cool that's probably going to explode in the in the next month or years um and Kilimanjaro is a very interesting producer uh that I'm super happy we had the chance to release with uh but yeah basically they are they are divided into like pop i think they have rock etc and yeah more like clubby tracks etc
0: actually fresh finds is interesting case um the original idea, I was reading about it, I actually saw a tweet about it last week before planning the episode. Um, the original idea about it was started in 2015 or 16 by Athena, which is one, uh, I would say, rather prominent now uh, ex-curator at Spotify. She works now at Twitch, I believe. Um, and it was a, her project and a few other, back then maybe interns, um, and eventually kind of evolved into a cluster of, of playlists, what you said, like there is fresh finds for experimental electronic, etc. But back then was just one kind of small, like a, I read her tweet was like a pet project for a bunch of people on Spotify and that now has grown quite a lot. And they even had a billboard advertising of fresh finds, uh, which she tweeted, I saw on Twitter. And uh, what I think is kind of unique about this playlist is that the algorithm of Spotify is also scanning Um, music publications like blogs and independent curators and it's kind of factoring this into the whole algorithm of what actually makes it there so that's what makes it exceptionally exceptionally, um, special and it focuses on unsigned artists or like really small artists which is great you know like a really good way for up and coming artists to kind of be out there I I think we can kind of wrap up with the last segment um, to kind of cover in this episode is actually how does the whole curation process happen and what they look into. Because I think if we cover this today, it's gonna to be a bit easier for artists to understand why the things we, we say are important matter. Um, so when it comes to actual curation, whether that's algorithmic or purely editorial, etc., it's all based on data. Like the editors or the machine themselves cannot select the track if the if it's not properly uh, tagged in match. So uh, Spotify is um, using a platform called Puma, which stands for, um, I actually had it written down, Playlist Usage Monitoring and Analysis System. So the idea of the system is that it breaks down each track based on different meta tags and popularity. It can also kind of give analysis of a playlist and, and editors and the machine itself is using the information from from that system. Um, but it all starts with the with correct tagging. And then uh, a lot of people actually say that the first week, what's important is the human curation. And then the second week, what's important is the, actually the algorithm. So very often, let's say an editor would add uh, 100 on a hundred on tracks in a playlist. And then the system is going to analyze the amount of time users actually listen to a track, whether they skip it or add it to their favorites. Um, and how it even feels to the in a relation to the other tracks, and then maybe down the line, if you end up on an editorial playlist, your position gradually changes um, because it does factor, as I said, like saves, pre-saves, which is something we're gonna talk about later, uh, listening time and skips. Um, but wh- why it's important to to have your data um, in the in the backend system for the editors is because it's the only way for them to actually actually find you. Um, I recently listened to a a workshop, it was a workshop about advertising on Spotify, but then the guys were explaining, Spotify was explaining that sometimes an editor would listen to a track and maybe they would like it, but maybe it's not such a great fit for their specific playlist, but they can leave note to other editors. And how they do the searching is um, based on tags and tracks uh, and uh, instruments which are um, featured in the track or mood, et cetera, et cetera. So that's why it's very vital to 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 have everything correct uh, when you pitch. And
1: obviously, uh, think, of, think about it in this way. Um, actually, Spotify also needs good music, right? So uh, if your track is great, uh, help them out because um, this is the only way they can find you. Um, if you've selected irrelevant stuff that we're gonna talk about later, but if you've selected uh that your track is jazz but it's actually rock you know i mean <clears throat> obviously um i i think some people just uh neglect some of the tags and they're like why am i going to select this but uh, this is this is a very good reason um this is the only way you can be you can be part of this structure and uh i i think it's pretty important for you to um to be properly positioned because otherwise you're just going to end up you know not getting featured, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think we can wrap the first episode uh, and I hope we gave a nice segue to the whole ecosystem. And And before anything, for an artist, it is important to understand the space you are going to exist or you're trying to grow. Um, obviously, this is the first episode and uh, we're open to feedback. Feel free to drop us a line on our socials and uh, thank you for listening.